Yeah, no, I feel very activated. Sure. And we hope that in this on this Friday evening, wherever you are and from wherever you're tuning in, you are feeling um, the fever and that you're excited and that you're very optimistic about the rest of the year that we um, are looking towards. Now, we're having a conversation, as mentioned before, uh, with Dr. Muriel Chinoda, who is going to tell us a bit about, I think, the, the internal things that are so easy to ignore. One of the things that I usually uh, say, I love having these conversations and making people aware of the fact that, you know, when you look at weight gain, right, if a person has a problem with controlling their weight and not to say that everyone who is chubby or is, is, is not taking care of their weight, some people, I know that there are people who say that this is a myth, but there are some people who have uh, body shapes. I mean, they even do CrossFit. They just have bigger bodies than other people. Uh, and then there is the issue of uh, um, weight loss. But the point I'm getting to is the fact that you can measure your weight on a scale. You can literally get on a scale and measure whether um, you're overweight or not. And you can actually have a procedure um, where you go and you get your the fat on your body measured and compared with your bone structure or bone density in order to conclude whether you're obese or not. But the thing about the internal things, now I'm talking about your mental health, your um, in terms of your um, whether you're anxious, whether you're depressed, whether you're stressed, those things are not as easy to measure. By the time you're declared as stressed, you've already crossed the border. So it's not always easy to monitor them. Um, so it is important for us to continue having conversations like this so that it beca- it can, we can become well informed enough to discern within ourselves when our psyche i don't know if i'm putting it correctly has you know is imbalanced or if when you've crossed the line in terms of any one of those um more internal issues um dr chinoda how are you doing tonight I'm good, Mr. Gibbon. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I was called a few minutes ago and then Jerusalem just popped on and I just got a bit of heat in my body. So I'm feeling very amped up right now. <laughs> I am too. Didn't that song warm all of us up last year? It was so often the, the time it was released. We really needed something to cheer us up and to actually bring us together. I think it did a good job in doing that to us. Yeah, no, I completely, completely agree. Um, so yeah. tell us a, a bit about yourself um, in terms of who you are and what you do and what exactly led you to this point of uh, wanting to focus more on things that have to do with worry, stress, disappointments, anger, resentment, fear, anxiety. And I know as I'm calling these out, I'm not the only person who feels like I can relate to each and every one of those. What what exactly led you to this point? Wow, okay, that's, that's a very good question. Um, I'll give a short version of it. I think the bottom line is, as human beings, uh, we... We are susceptible to triggers and stresses from the environment, from from our families, the job situation. And in the last year, obviously, Corona and being locked locked down. And there's lots of things, stresses and triggers that actually um, bring, you know, they, they test us. They actually try. But what really got me to it was actually I went through a personal depression of my own, if you want to call it that. So um, a business person, flyer in corporate, doing pretty well, Mm -hmm. I think, or I thought. 
Mm-hmm. And um, sometime in about four years ago, let's just say all the lights went off. <laughs> Anything that can go wrong went wrong. My investments, I had some investments in Dubai and all my life savings, they just disappeared. But at that time, I actually had thought I've always wanted to be in the services, the helps industry. I think it has always pulled me. It's probably why I thought I could fulfill that through consulting. So I was consulting for mm. the big corporates, but not as fulfilling. But at that time, I really thought this is not really what I should be doing with my life. I, I really was trying to understand my purpose in life. And I left consulting. I thought, okay, the property investing will keep me afloat. And it it will sort me out whilst I actually get this transformational life coaching things up and running. Except, mm-hmm. like I said, then the, the investments, they went up in smoke. And so what do you do when you don't have a job anymore and you, your businesses have actually just gone under? Mm. And, and and I've been a Christian all my life, you know, a, a hardcore Christian, you know, really going all the way to the to the team. Mm. And I was searching and searching and during that searching, you actually, I think that's one of those things that really causes you or you're forced to actually dig deeper or faster and as hard as you can. Where you are using a teaspoon to dig, you really want this TCBL or something like that. I think that's what I got to. And in that process, I actually then got to discover the stuff that I'm sharing. But I got to realize, you know, it's actually something that it's, it's a very easy process. We just mm-hmm. don't know about it. And no one has actually taught us about these things. And but we know all the scriptures in the Bible, in the Bible, hey? the power of God is in you. You know, the, mm. the secret that has been hidden from the beginning, which is uh, the, the glory hidden in you, right? Mm. Christ mm. in you, the hope of glory and all the nice scriptures and and we caught them, we say them, we memorize them, but what does it mean practically? And one of the ones that really actually had a grip on me was, and, and I used to love that scripture a whole lot, mm-hmm. do not be cons- conformed to this world. So I'm talking to Christians, that's why I'm quoting the scriptures, mm-hmm. um, I believe. Do not be conformed to this world, the Roman scripture, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. Transformation happens when you renew your mind. Mm, and I'd mm. even taught about it in Bible lessons and all the other things too. But what did it mean practically? How do I actually renew my mind? Mm. Because the bottom line is we make our beliefs. Mm-hmm. And beliefs at a core level, at mm-hmm. a subconscious level, if you want to call it that, at the heart level is where we live from. We live from the heart. And that's why the scripture in Proverbs says, Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life or life flows out of, you know, your heart. I see. And if we don't understand what's in the heart or how we guard it or protect it, or if there's junk already in my heart, how do I then sweep it out so that, you know, because then otherwise my life is a mess through and through. Exactly. Does that make sense? Now, yeah, definitely yeah. does make sense. Now, there's something you touched mm. on which I I think is so important, right? Um, so mentioning the fact that your yours is a life that it it was one that you perceived as a life of success, right? And for very good mm-hmm. reasons. Now, I know for me personally, mm-hmm. I've been in positions where I've looked at those who have made it in life 
as though they don't have those um, psychological issues, um, you know, or those internal um, psychological battles that I have. So in terms of, I mean, why would you be anxious if you have money? Why would you be depressed if you have money? And this is a big thing that a lot of Mm -hmm. us believe about people who have made it and people who understand how money works, people who have businesses. There's a myth that surrounds them where we think that their problems could not could never be bad enough for them to sink into a phase of depression and emotional turmoil. Uh, what could you speak to that? Okay, um, <laughs> I guess a whole lot, but that also probably answers Carl's question. And I'll say it this way, this statement. Having anxiety or depression, and somebody's put it across nicely and said, it's like having a constant fight with yourself inside your own head. So your head says one thing and your heart is saying the other. Although the time whilst you're actually putting on a smile. So that fight, you can't actually, no one else can actually come and say you can't be depressed because if I'm having that fight inside of my head, it's conflict, it's dissonance, you know, mm, in mm. me. That's what depresses. It's not what's coming out there, it's how I'm actually reacting to me. So if I'm having that constant fight inside of me, then things are not settled, things are not well, so I'm going to be depressed. And what depresses me, for you, you might be wanting money, so that could be a trigger or stressor. Yes. For me, it might be fulfillment. I want something. I, I want purpose. I want fulfillment. I want to feel like I'm actually contributing to something bigger than me. Mm. That's where my depression was actually coming from at the time. Like, okay, I'm successful in all this. And you get to that question where you ask, so what? And if you can't answer that question for you, then it can bring you anxiety and stress. And sometimes if that's not kept in check, that's how it progresses to actually depression because then you identify yourself as I'm the stressed one, I'm the depressed one. It becomes your identity. So a a depressed person, they Mm. they believe it's their identity. They've taken on the identity of depression, so therefore they're depressed. That's a very, very good one. And you can't argue with that. Exactly, exactly. I love the fact that you ended up there, right? The fact that when you're depressed, especially if you've mm-hmm. been depressed for quite a period of time, it ends up becoming mm-hmm. part of your identity. Now, yes. um, I'm looking and I'm, I'm actually going through um, your story here. Um, mm-hmm. Finally Unshackled, right? Which if yes. obviously if anyone wants to read a bit more about that, you can go to finallyunshackled.com um, and then you'll get um, an idea of, of what the story is about. Now, what are your thoughts on the fact that I've, I've heard a lot and I know I have a friend myself who struggles a lot with episodes of anxiety. So they even mm-hmm. lie flat on the ground like they, they just feel like yeah. they can't do anything. And I know a lot of people have issues of panic attacks. What are your thoughts yeah. on, um, I think also just men, also do feel free to mention it from a Christian perspective on how we should perceive it, right? What are your thoughts on people who believe that anxiety is just, or, or depression, it's who they are. They live with it. Like, you know, they call it my identity. They structure their yeah. entire lives around the anxiety. Um, I know a, a girl who's married to a guy who struggles with social anxiety. So when people go to visit at her house, um, he's he's never there to hang out with and socialize with everybody. He'll just go and do his own thing. And when they leave, he comes back. 
What are your thoughts on people who have let anxiety become their identity? Okay. Um, first of all, yeah, I, I really do feel sorry for, for people like that. But the bottom line is we all have stuff that we have made a part of our identity, whether we like it or not. Good That's or true. bad, the stuff that we have actually identified with and believe they're us. So the statement that I think people should maybe go with if they don't get anything else is you make your beliefs and then your beliefs, they turn around and they make you, especially mm. beliefs about identity. Mm. So I believe I'm this, I am not that. That's identity, right? Mm. Mm. I believe I can do this, I cannot do that. You have defined your boundaries about who you are. Mm. I can have this, I can't have that. I can be this, I cannot be that. Do you, do you understand that? But yes. Actually, that, and we all have that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what makes me Muriel and makes you given and, and child. Exactly. Because we have defined those about ourselves. We have accepted certain things and rejected certain things. Certain things are part of my circle, my identity. Certain things are outside of it. So beliefs about identity, they actually developed. Um, and I'm going to explain that. Take a little baby. So I've got a niece. She's, she's probably about five months old now. Or any baby that you can think about. You think a baby when they're born, they say, I'm stupid, I'm unhappy, I'm fat, I'm ugly, don't look at me, I've got one eye. Not at all. Have you heard of a single baby that says that? Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm not enough. Mm. I'm a smoker. I'm broke. I'm from the poor background. I'm not worthy of love. I don't deserve attention. I can't succeed. All the things that we say about ourselves. On the contrary, babies are actually wired to succeed. You know, they try, Mm. try and try again. They they try and walk. They can't do it. They wake up and start over. They fall on their bum. It hurts. They cry, but they try again tomorrow, right? Mm. And babies are wired to become the focus of attention all all their lives. You know, when they're babies, we all pour love and affection and (laughs) attention to them. That's Mm. our true nature. But the process of living, it actually takes away from that core of who we really are. And all these things and experiences and events, as they happen, we interpret them a certain way. We attach certain meanings to them. Mm. We attribute some causes to those and that becomes our identity. So then also you say, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I am oh. shy. Now, Charles, For me, I- one of my biggest ones always used to be, I can't sell. So I, business was difficult because I believed I can't sell. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. You get the point. Yeah, Yo. you get it. Yeah, I wanted yeah. I wanted Charles to share a bit uh, about what you mentioned yeah. now about kids because Charles is actually also someone who um, has gone through a hectic phase of uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Charles, of uh, depression. Um, I'd like you to to talk a bit, Charles, about how um, what you notice in your kids about the way that they see life, the way that they get excited about things, the way the, the, the things that they tend to fail at um, and comparing that with your mindset when you were in that phase of depression before you managed to become unshackled yourself. Mm. Uh, given, do you remember a long, uh, well, probably like two, three years ago, uh, there was this video circulating about this kid who was unwrapping Christmas gifts and he was opening this one gift and inside the box was literally, I think it was a banana 
or an avocado or something like that. But this was something plain. And this kid was literally just so ecstatic with the fact that he found this fruit, this gift was this fruit. And to me, that embodies the entire childhood experience with mm. my sons. Uh, literally that. No matter what, I, if I'm excited to give them something, they're excited to receive it. Wow. Uh, if I can make this massive thing about this little very cheap toy and that will be the best toy toy for them ever because dad is so excited i need to be excited so they literally feed on everything um and and that's um, i'm so reminded of the fact of that that quote by um, our late president nelson mandela that said we are born to love but taught to hate if i'm mm-hmm. i might be so paraphrasing that now and i'm thinking that with my children right uh, they if i can help them love everyone including themselves mm. uh, that it will be easier for them so that's one of the things that i um i'm trying my utmost best i don't know whether i'm always succeeding at it but every single day i try to tell them you know that you're enough you are exactly everything i asked god for uh, you are literally and i don't want to you know sugar soap them and tell them that like you're the best singer you're the best soccer player nothing like that because i'm i'm still brutally honest with them but I tell them like, you are everything I wanted. You are the most, bo- uh, the the most, the prettiest boy, or whatever. Or you are the most <laughs> the prettiest boy. <laughs> I don't know. I, sort of, I don't know what to and tell them. And that's okay too. That's really no. okay. Actually. Yeah, Maybe you can be a pretty boy. Because mm, mm. children are mean to one another, right? Mm. They tell each yeah. other at school, "You're not pretty," or "You're short," mm. or "You're not yeah. whatever." You're just a big baby. That's very true. And he comes true. home with that emotions, and he's three years old. And he doesn't know how to... So you will ask me, am I short? And I'm like, yeah, compared to me, yes, you're short. Compared to other three-year-olds, no, you're perfectly fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if dad says I'm fine, I'm fine. That's that's literally... That's such an amazing thing that you're touching upon here because if, if I can tell you guys a secret, if God ever gave me the opportunity to go back to a point in my life, the one point in my life I would be afraid of going back to is back to primary because I feel like primary kids can be so mean. Oh my goodness. I'd rather, I'd actually prefer going to high school, but also because high school, I became more of, you know, a prominent person than I was in primary. But uh, one thing that I actually wanted us to, to touch on right now is, um, I've learned that a lot of parents feel as though their kids turn out the way that they turn out because, I don't know, I don't know, but because it's just who the kid is. So I just wanted us to touch a bit on how much control does a parent have in the way that a a kid turns out. Um, And I'm saying that because of what you touched on right now, Shal, because um, I think, Muriel, you'd also agree that the things that Charles is saying to his kids, he's planting seeds that will mm-hmm. carry them in the future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so here's the thing that we have a problem, that I personally have a problem with in our society and it's societies across the board. Mm. We have taken on this thing into extreme proportions in every area, even the church setup. We always have this thing about comparison, better than this, cooler than this, cleverer than this person, Mm, brighter than this mm. one. Why is it always a contest? Life, I believe, is not a competition. And that puts too much pressure on people in general. It actually doesn't bring out the right 
self-esteem in kids, especially, because if I'm constantly being compared to something else, who says I should be better than them? What if it's not my path? Mm. I have my own life purpose to fulfill. What if it's not in that direction, but you as a parent, as a grown-up, as a teacher, as a brother or somebody in society, you're not good enough. You're short. So what if I'm short? I'm still a full human being and I can still fulfill my purpose in my shortness. Exactly. Does that make sense? Mm. I don't have to be told to be great at anything. Mm. I didn't say I wanted to be a basketballer, but even then, the few basketballers who have uh, you know, defied the odds and they're short and they're still you know, pushing the balls. So the point is, I think for me, one of the best things that parents can do for their children is to actually just let the kids be and guide them. As uh, if you, if, oh, we lost you just a little bit, Miriam. Yes. We lost sorry. you for like two or three seconds. I'm sorry. I'm not sure about the network. So, so I was saying that the best things that parents and adults that we can do to kids is just to allow kids to be this themselves. Just mm. be and mold them and help them to be themselves. Don't even compare with the sibling. They're not the sibling. They're their own self. I see. Yeah, Does exactly. Yeah. It definitely If does. we stop the comparison thing, I think lots of issues would go away. You know, mm. my car, I don't drive as good a car as the other person. My job is not as great as this one. And it puts, it puts unnecessary stress and pressure on you. That's very true. Um, do you think that um, comparing oneself to another is involuntary or is it something that you do consciously? Um, and the reason I say that is because personally, mm. I don't know, maybe maybe it's just me defending myself. But personally, yeah. I think it's it. There's an extent to which it's it's involuntary, right? Um, and I think social media teaches me this a lot. There are times when I get onto social media without even mm -hmm. thinking um, about that I want to compare myself to people or the fact that mm. I'm comparing myself to this specific person. But I just find myself feeling a sense of um, envy for a person in a particular position. And obviously, um, I also mm. have to lay out the disclaimer that I don't know their life. I just saw yes. one image of this individual and it exactly. invoked a certain amount of envy within me. So do you think mm. that... Um, Envy or comparing one to another is voluntary or is it just something that happens involuntary within us as people? I think one of the best things that we can do, especially for the grown-ups, is to really just go back inside and be aware, live in some present tense awareness of who is you, what do you want out of your own life, not mm. what has been set, what societal standards have been or what you know what precedents you're actually trying to follow i think i also used to have that mm -hmm. at some point i decided who is muriel uh, if you answer that question for you who is muriel what mm -hmm. is muriel about what does muriel want not what society has dictated for her because that's not muriel if you look at most of the things that we do even what we believe if i ask you given which ones are really your own beliefs, not what has been passed down from generations, family, society, and everybody else? 
I see. Can you honestly say that you are you because of really your own beliefs and your own values as opposed to past downs, which you don't even know where they came from? You get mm, the point. So, so yes, do. it's kind of automatic because our society is like that, but I'm saying it shouldn't be like that. Oh, and we I can understand. start learning to actually control that. I think if we actually stop comparing, half of the problems and the issues we believe are issues would actually fall away. Sure, That's I completely understand. Yo, that is quite awesome. Now, I wanted to find out. So um, I see here that you refer to yourself as a transformationalist. Um, yes. And you are on a mission to leave people better than what you found them. What does it mean to yeah. be a transformationalist? It means to really relook at you and change your identity at the core and become the person, the best version of yourself, not the best version that society has decided you should be. That's oh, really I transformation. See. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation. And the reason why I'm saying my mission is to leave people better than I found them is mm. because people have got lots of, you know, self, low self-confidence, low self-esteem. People have got pain, chronic pain. Mm. People have got the depression mm. and the anxiety that we've been talking about. They're suicidal. They're worried about this and the next thing. And they're always, you know, trying to measure up to something or somebody. And it's really to say, let's just sit back at the core. Let's try and actually go back inside of you. Mm. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's find that Christ and just get you grounded and solid. And then you can start really living. Oof. And I call that an ignited life when you really start truly living. Oh, yes. Wow. That is yeah. quite incredible. Um, so now um, getting moving towards our, our conclusion, um, how how does it look like? So obviously you being a transformationalist, there's a lot of people that you connect with, right? Um, how does it look like? And I'm asking because I want to make sure that I don't confuse what you do with what, for example, a life coach does or what a mentor does. Um, okay. So how, what would you say is the difference between um, a, a life coach, a, a, a uh, what do you call this, a mentor? and what you do being a transformationalist? So I've got two levels of intervention. So there are people who are depressed with their issues now. Say mm-hmm. to them, start thinking through things and then, you know, remap your life and your identity and, and all that and get yourself unshackled. Sometimes it's a hard ask for some people. So in that case, then we would actually do therapy. Let's actually get to the subconscious belief or program, reprogram or reframe that so that you can start living it. If it's chronic pain and stuff like that, let's get to the bottom of the chronic issue and just deal mm. with it from a subconscious level. Then it's, So those are therapy sessions and you, mm-hmm. know, you need three or four of such sessions, then you're sorted. Then we say, so what do you do with yourself? You said you mentioned the lady. She is she's mm-hmm. designed and structured her life around her anxiety. Now that the anxiety is gone, what what is she going to do? She actually doesn't know who she is anymore because her whole life was actually structured around that. Exactly. So then we then need to help them to say, okay, you've changed at the core. So what does it mean for the rest of your life? What do you actually want to do with your life? So then a bit of life coaching or transformation then happens after Mm, that is incredible honestly speaking um i really really am saying this with a lot of like meaning behind it i really think we need more people focused on what you're focused on 
um, and existing in a lot in a lot of spaces um, around, especially South Africa. Um, and I think it's so much more relevant right now because I, there's a lot of. I think we're not aware just how many people struggle with loneliness and thoughts and emotions of doubt during lockdowns. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know if it's maybe because the statistics are not announced during uh, what we've now come to know as our family meetings, which is when Cyril mm-hmm. steps up to um, address the nation. I don't know if it's because we don't talk. He doesn't really talk much about how many people have been reported to struggle with loneliness, with uh, anxiety, depression, um, or just not being able to cope basically. Uh, but I, I I genuinely feel like we do need a lot more of that. So if anyone wants to connect with you, find out more, or even just um, learn more about your life story, how do they connect with you? Um, so the easiest thing would, would be to go to the to the website, www.finallyunshackled.com. So it's really, yeah, uh, we, we need people to be unshackled. They can also do WhatsApp. Um, mm-hmm. Can I give you the number? Is that, is that allowed? That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yes. So they can call, they can contact me, Muriel Shinoda on 083-797-6507. Oh, the easiest, finallyunshackled.com and there's contact details. They can even set up free sessions, that minute session. We can just chat over the phone um, and let's see if we can actually help you get your life back. Ah, that is incredible. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and also just having um, an inspiring and I think an alarming conversation as well. We really do appreciate you joining us on the show. Now, if you still have any questions after that uh, conversation, remember that our WhatsApp line is always open on 0826572729. And if you have any hard or difficult questions that you'd like to ask and you'd love to see us deal with them on the show, you can always just hit us up on our social media we're on Facebook, TikTok and Instagram just search for IMY Movement and you will find us or I Am Radio and then you will find us or you can uh, just contact us on our counselling line which is 064-530-6805 and that is where Charles receives a lot of uh, the hard asks that we address on the show that number is 64 064- Five three zero six eight zero five, and remember that that line is our counseling line. So if you have anything burdening you, then you can definitely um, just um, send us a WhatsApp to that number. We don't receive calls on it, but we do receive WhatsApp texts, and we can be able to assist you and engage with you through that line. Share our passion for life on six five seven a.m. six five seven a.m.